0: Please grab your Bibles, and we'll let you sit shortly, and you'll have some time. Tonight, we want to turn our attention to the book of Genesis, chapter number 13, verse 13, dropping down to the book of Ezekiel, I should say, chapter 16, two verses there, verses 49 and 50, Genesis 13 and 13, then Ezekiel 16, 49 and 50 and I might warn media we may jump around a little bit out of order so just be prepared brother Joel we'll see as it goes here tonight in Genesis chapter 13 verse 13 but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly take us now to Ezekiel chapter number 16 verses 49 and 50 Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Tonight, just for a little while, two words, what sin, what sin. You may be seated. Our Bible reading, by the way, is taking us to Genesis chapter 26 today, if you were caught up. This week, Monday, we read through Genesis chapter 19, and I would just like to read a portion while you're sitting tonight, before we get into our lesson and we're taking our thought from here, but we wanted to expound a few things tonight with the Lord will help us. In Genesis 19, 1 through 5, I'm just going to read 1 through 5. I just want to share and bring to our mind what had taken place, what was happening, though we know, but be reminded. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly and they turned in unto him and entered into his house and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. We all are familiar with this passage of Scripture tonight and want to take place in Of course, the finality that we're reading about, we're going to study tonight about the thought, what sin? What sin? All of our minds go quickly to our reading tonight, and we have a great understanding what the sin was. We have a great understanding of it. And I don't want to elaborate too much tonight in in depth in some of these things, but I feel it's very crucial tonight, very crucial, that we go over these things to be reminded of what we must know, acknowledge, and confess. Sin. Church is sin. And God will not tolerate sin, period. He will not tolerate sin. I want to just give you a little bit of general reference tonight. and I'm going to read quickly through some of these uh, these things and uh, these Scripture references. First of all, found in Leviticus 18, it says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind... As with womankind, it is an abomination. In chapter 20, verse 13, it says, If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Do you see the severity of God's law? Do you see the severity of the judgment and the wrath of God? We get an understanding of here. This is uh, given to Moses by God in Leviticus. We read in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. He goes on to list others. 1 Timothy 1.10 for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men viewers, for liars and perjured persons, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Paul's listing some things here, and then he lists for us in Romans chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. And I want to read these two for you. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which was against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat the apostle paul addresses this again i want us to have an understanding there's some things that we cannot just turn aside. There are some things we can't not turn away to. As Christians, this remember this is not our word. This is God's word. This is God's word. I didn't write this. Brother Wils did not write this. God penned this. And God showed what he expected from his creation. And when his creation decided not to follow what he gave to them to follow, then God gave them a time for repentance. But church, when repentance wasn't found in Noah's day and in Lot's day. Jesus gives us an illustration in the gospel. I'm kind of jumping ahead. We'll come back. But he says, as it was in the days of Noah. And he also makes a mention in the days of Lot. That will be the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I think we see the times well upon us. I think we see what is surrounding us and being force-fed to you and I that this is what we are to accept. No, no, we are not to accept because this word right here already has declared an abomination and a sin. So in reference tonight, and I'm going to try to go on because there's a lot here that I want to share that's been on my heart. I want to be honest with you before I go any further. I want to just tell you some things. I've tried to avoid this lesson tonight. I tried with all my ability to avoid this. I did not want to teach on this tonight. This is not my style and what I want from my heart to teach. But this is what I felt, the burden. I cannot rid myself of it. So tonight I want you to understand, this is not something that I just come up with. This is something the Lord's put on my heart. In Genesis 18, I just want to read verse 20, but you'll find through 16 through 32, this reference in verse 20, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. I, I stagger in my mind, church, because I, I see things going all around us. You do. Things you see, you hear, and they disturb me. Don't they, you? Don't some of the things you see and hear disturb you? Don't some of the things that you hear that you're being thrown at and like you're supposed to accept it as normal, and it's not? It's not normal. It's not normal. But I think of all things we're seeing and hearing right now, how bad this must have been for this cry to come up before God. The cry was so great. He said, because their sin is very grievous. I want to go on a little more depth than what we're seeing. We already know what the sin was, and that was homosexuality, okay, point blank. We know what it was, but there was more to it than just that. We know it's abomination. We read it in the eyes of God, but it was more, the cry of this sin was more than just this act of abomination of homosexuality that... God's wrath was stirred. These people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, not all of them probably were Sodomites, but every one of them fell under the criteria of the rest of what we're going to talk about tonight. So we read also, we give him uh, instruction, Deuteronomy 29, 23. It says, The Lord overthrew in his anger and his wrath these cities of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboam. And it was his anger he he was disgusted with it it's a terrible thing if we get god disgusted because our lifestyle paul said they rejected the message and he gave them over to vile affections that's what happens when we turn from god when we turn away from god he'll give us over to vile affections you see if we will seek god he'll change our hearts it's when we bury and we Avoid spiritual things, the things of the Word of God that it teaches us. We find ourselves getting in trouble. The Gospel of Luke 17, 29. But the same day Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Everyone. Everyone was destroyed. Isaiah 3, 9. uh, Let me go back to this. To shew of their countenance doth witness against them and they declared their sin as Sodom. Now I want you to catch something that's here. I might stumble with some words, that's okay. To show their countenance, it doth witness against them. There was more to it than just this act. There was something reflecting in their lives, and God saw it. Nothing's going to get by, God. Church, nothing's going to get by God. He is not fooled, but he is long-suffering. He is very merciful, and he gives people an opportunity to repent. We, us, as children of God, as saints of God, not think just because we've been born again of water and spirit that we've got this thing whipped. Just because we're not partakers of Sodom. Just because we're not like the children of Sodom. Don't think for one minute that we have got this made, there's things in the heart God sees in every one of us. There's things in our lives God sees. Just because everything's went so well, don't think God has not noticed. Because we must all search our own hearts tonight. What sin? What sin? Sin is something you can't laugh at. If you do, you're in trouble. God will mock your Let me tell you, he'll laugh at your ears when when he leaves and takes his children out of here. You know what's going to happen? He's going to laugh at their calamity. When they're terrified, when they're so tore up because they realize they've been left behind, he's going to laugh at them. Why? Because he gave them opportunity to repent, and they chose not to. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I like to talk about God's love. I like to talk about the peace of God. I I love to talk about the mercy of God, but I want to talk tonight about the wrath of God because the wrath of God is soon to come. And we must wake up tonight. You have not got a free ticket to heaven. You and I have got to make our calling election sure. And let not the spirit of Sodom, which is not just the act of what we talked about, but what we're getting ready to get into, grip a hold of us and calls us to err. God, help us tonight. Help me tonight. Help me tonight. Help us tonight. But in that selfsame day, in Luke 17, 29, he destroyed them all. The fire and brimstone, it fell. In Isaiah, as we were reading, the shoe of their countenance doth witness against them, and they declared their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Isaiah was talking about God's people. They begin to err. They begin to no longer follow him in their heart. They were going through the routine, and God knew it. God knows if we're going through the routine. God knows if our hearts left him already. He knows if we're playing church. He knows if we come just to say we came. Tonight, church, this is something we've got to take to our hearts. Jesus is getting ready to come. He is getting ready to come for our waiting bride. He's getting ready to come for them that are watching. And are alert we've got to be alert we've got to be watching i don't know how to say it but other than the way i'm saying it tonight but bear with me stay with me in chapter 13 of isaiah verse 19 he mentions in babylon the glory of the kingdoms the beauty of their the chaldee's excellency shall be as when god overthrew sodom and gomorrah i'm giving you some references because I want us to be in our mind how important it was God made reference several times to these cities because it upset him so much. Jeremiah 23, 14, I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem, and horrible thing, they commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers. In other words, they're doing evil and they're permitting evil. God help us tonight, church. As children of God, we do not support evil, and we surely do not permit ourselves to do evil. That none doth return from his wickedness, they are all of them unto me as Sodom, and as the inhabitants thereof of Gomorrah. That's why I'm saying if we're not careful, we could have a form of godliness, but deny the power of thereof it's not just enough we have the look church we got to have the goods we've got to have the goods every one of us we've got to have the goods in the book of lamentations chapter 4 verse 6 for the punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of sodom that was overthrown in a moment and no hands stayed on her once again, the prophet refers to in Amos, he refers in chapter four, verse eleven, I have overthrown some of you, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet I have yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. You see what the prophet Amos is saying. God is reaching out to his children. God is reaching out to humanity. But people will not willingly bow. They're too stubborn. People have got a mindset, I think I can get by doing it my own way. I think I'm doing okay, preacher. I don't think I need you to tell me what to do. I don't think I need that Bible. I think if I do right by my neighbor and 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 I'm good to people and, and I'm not a hateful person, it's going to be okay. That's not what the Bible tells me. The Bible tells me to work out your own salvation and that with fear and trembling. The Bible tells me that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I might add the self-righteous won't either. So we've got a fine line to walk. My righteousness, our righteousness as filthy rags in the eyes of God. But we must strive for righteousness. We must strive for holiness. We must strive to live godly in this world. What's the Scripture say? That we're to walk soberly, righteously, and godly. We're to avoid the lust and the things that would bring corruption to our hearts and lives. Let's press on tonight. In the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 15, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, It shall be more tolerable, For the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment. And for that city. The Lord was talking about the cities that He had went to. The names of them, Tyre, Sidon, Capernaum. He had done great miracles in these cities. He would healed many sick. Many of incurable diseases. The Lord healed them up. Set captive free. Delivered them from demonic spirits. He had done all these miracles, but yet... Their hearts did not turn from wickedness and turn to God. And there he makes this declaration. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. You know what that's telling us tonight? That we can know what's right, we can do what's right, but if our heart's not right, it's scary. It's scary. Because this is something we cannot assume. You know, we've often heard this said, you know, about not assuming about things of, of life. But what about our soul's sake? What about our eternity? Are we to assume that we're going to be okay? Are we to assume that everything will be all right, that we'll just do as we're doing? I want to tell you something. I don't feel like I've achieved yet. I, I don't feel like that I'm doing the best I can yet, but I'm sure trying each day trying to become better, trying to please him more, trying to get things out of this old guy that's a hindrance. You see, we've got some things tonight that are hindrances in our lives. There's some things hindering some folks in here tonight that you need to get rid of. There's some things tonight that are holding you back from being the child of God he wants you to be. I want to say tonight that it's not a time it's not a time to go to the bare minimum. It's not a time to say, here's the line, I'm going to live right on it. It's not a time to live in a way that you feel like, if I do this enough, this will be enough. May I tell you tonight that if you get that mentality, you're one of the five foolish virgins. And when the bridegroom comes, you'll find your lamp is without oil. Church, I told you I tried to avoid this tonight, but I cannot rid it. I'm sharing with you what God's put in my heart, and I hope you'll receive it that way because I love every one of you. I love every one of you, and I pray for every one of you, and I'm thankful that you pray for me. But I'm giving you what's on my heart tonight. The sins of Sodom and Gomorrah were so horrifying that God sends messengers. He comes to Abraham, and as he's speaking to Abraham, the angels, the Bible says, they turn to look towards Sodom, their mission. And then the question was asked, should we withhold this thing from Abraham, seeing he is a father promise? In other words, he is my faithful. Should we withhold him? You see the importance of a prayer life, church? You see the importance of a dedication, a man that built altars to God, a man that had a walk with God? That before judgment would even be poured out, the Lord would reveal it to this man of God. Are you seeing the mercies of God here? Because God in His mercy would have destroyed Sodom, without the mercy would have destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. But because of this one man, He spoke to him, and then we know what Abraham did, he pleaded. 50 righteous, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. But there was not even 10 righteous. The Lord said He would spare those cities for yet 10 righteous souls. Now we get an understanding how corrupt these cities were, how perverse these cities were. What even 10? So, once again, going back to what I said before, not all of them were given into sodomy and homosexuality. But their sins were so gross, their sins were so high in the eyes of God that there wasn't even ten people. And then God, as He gets ready to leave and the angels would go, Abraham says, we destroy the righteous with the unrighteous. And so he pleaded for his nephew that was there in Sodom. He pleaded for Lot. In our reading tonight, it takes us to where the angels come Of course, we're not certain at the first truly if Lot is understanding who they really were because we know angels come in the form of men, and that's what it says. But we notice some things here, okay? We noticed that Lot showed hospitality, and he encouraged them for several reasons probably. But he showed hospitality, he said, hey, come in my house. No, we're going to abide in the street. And we can see the urgency, how he pressed on no, because he knew what abided in the streets. He knew what would be going on in the streets. And he compelled them to come in, and so they did. And as the angels were in, he prepares for them something to eat, and they ate, and about washing their feet, you see he's showing hospitality. That's one reason why we emphasize that when we have communion, we have foot-washing service, also a spirit of humility and showing hospitality. And we find here that Lot offers these things. And then he says, hey, spend the night here in my home. He said, then in the morning you can rise up and go on your way. But before they could even lie down, church, the Bible said the city, the men of the city, both the old and the young. Now, there's some things we want to take in account here, and this is what I'm trying to get to. I want you to ask yourself this question. I'm going to try to get you thinking on this. If all the men of the city came, it tells us a lot here, doesn't it? Okay? It tells me that they had nothing better to do. For one thing, there was a lot of idleness. There was a lot of idleness. Is God pleased with idleness? Absolutely not. I remember a parable Jesus told about some men in a field, penny a day for labor. He came to some and they were standing idle, the Bible says. They were standing idle. They had nothing better to do. When we are idle, we are more ripe for Satan to come to us For us to sin, we've often heard this saying the idle mind is the devil's playhouse or playground. The idle mind, when our minds are idle, our lives are idle, we are in danger. What happened to King David when he didn't go out to battle, when it was time for kings to go to war? What happened? He was idle. And it was then, the man after God's own heart then sinned. Idleness is a great danger. They were idle. They were idle. We find, and and there's more I could go into it tonight. I've done some studying, on it, but for time's sake, I'm not going to go into it. But I'll let you dig into it, and you'll find out what I'm talking about. They were idle, for one. And another thing was mentioned, and I want to read this, and I think this will help us to see even more, in the Gospel of Luke. Chapter number 17, in verse number 28 through 30, listen to what Jesus had said, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Now reading this for surface level, it probably doesn't seem like much to you, does it? When we read this, it just seems like normal life, doesn't it? If you look at it at the surface. Okay, they ate. What's the big deal? We all eat. We got to eat to survive, right? Well, this mention of this eating was more than just eating, it was gluttony. Gluttony. What does God think about gluttony? I believe it's somewhere in the Proverbs that talks about holding a knife to your throat. In other words, there's times we got to put a check on things. Gluttony. I look at our society today and I'm not being critical because I know I'm overweight. (laughs) I know I'm overweight according to what they say. I'm supposed to be out of 160 pounds. I'm well over that. I'd be anorexic, 160 pounds. But that's what they say. But being said, being said, most of Americans are overweight. Some have true issues, thyroid problems, so forth, so on. But some is simply because of gluttony. Some is simply because of gluttony. And gluttony is a sin to God. The days of Lot, they were gluttonous. They were gluttonous. They were idle. And he said, and they drank. Okay, so we all have to drink something, right? You know, got to have water. Some of you like, don't like water, you drink pop or whatever you, you drink, survive. But When it says they drank, I think there is no mistaking to understand what was going on. They were gluttonous in eating and they were drunkards. They would give themselves over to alcohol. They drank. You look at your society today and what you see. Commercials push. You can't have a good time unless you've got a Coors in your hand. You can't have a good time unless you're partying on Corona or whatever that other junk is. I know the names. I don't do it, but obviously. But that's the world. Their push is if you're not doing this, you're not having a good time. You're not having a good time. But that's the God with the little G once again who has deceived mankind. And we read here, they bought. And they sold. Now I thought about that. They bought and they sold. It's all about money. We live in a society, it's all about money. They live for money. They thrive for money. What's the Bible say? The love of money. It's the root of all evil. We gotta have money to survive with to pay our bills. I realize that we got our jobs and things to do. But when we get a love for money. When money is our driving force, friend, you're in danger. You're in danger. Because these were the things Jesus mentioned. The cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, why they were so corrupt. They planted, they built it. We plant trees, we you know plant gardens and so forth. That's all well and good. They built it. And I thought about these. What what What's the big significance about they planted, they built They were so busy with doing things, they had no time for God. They were so busy with everything else, God did not have time in their busy schedules. Shame on us if we're so busy. God does not have a slot in our time in each day. Shame on us. We need to be making a time slot for God. Prayer reading of his word, meditating on his word. Shame on us if we're not. See, these were the conditions of Lot's day. And when it talks about the men that come past the house of Lot, give us the two men that have come into you that we may know them. The act of of homosexuality they had planned to do. But it goes beyond that. And, and bear with me, and I am trying not to be too graphic, but I just got to be plain. It was rape. God's wrath was upon them for these things. God's wrath was upon them for these things. They were not only vile, but they were explicitly vile. So great was the cry come up from God that it upset God to the point, I'm going to go down and take a look for myself. And when the angels saw, church, remember what happened? When the angels saw, when they came and Lot tried to plead, hey, don't do this. And he made some bad suggestions, some bad suggestions. But he tried to plead for the angels. And they grabbed him and yanked him in and shut the door and smote all of them with blindness. And the angel said, get out of here. We're now going to destroy this place. The verdict is given. We've come to do what God gave us to do. Church, may I say to you tonight that these are the things that upset God and our world today is so full of these things. It is so full of these things. Let us not turn... The other way. Let us not have a deaf ear. Let us not get to the place where we become complacent. And we allow these things to be, well, that's what they do. No, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's sin. I want to read to you one more verse of scripture tonight and then say a few more things before we close. In second Peter chapter number two, verses six and seven, I want to turn our attention to the Apostle Peter's words. He said in verse 6 And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Now let's just stop for a moment right there before we go on. An example. God gives us his word for an example to warn us, to encourage us, to instruct us, to guide us. And whatever condition that may be for us, it's there for a witness. And he says here, making them an example unto those that should live should after live ungodly. Verse 7. And delivered just lot. And this one word has just plagued me, vexed, with the filthy conversation of the wicked. If you go anywhere, especially on your jobs, a lot of times if you work in the public, you're going to hear some pretty filthy conversations. I do my best to get away from them as quick as I can. There's nothing worse than being stuck in the middle of something like that, and I try to avoid it. And I encourage you to do the same thing. But sometimes we've all been stuck there so we know. He was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Does not sound just like it was in Noah's day when God said the imagination of their hearts were only evil continually. The conversation in Lot's day was no different. We see a lot of that today. It lets me know how close we are. How close we are. But this word vexed, I wanted to look it up, so I'll share with you. It's, it says to labor down, wear with toil, oppress. Beyond measure, opposition, intensity, anguish, pain. These are the descriptive words of this word vexed to describe Lot's soul. He was vexed beyond measure. He was In anguish and in pain, he was worn, he was oppressed with all the pressures and the things that surrounded him. Doesn't it make you wonder why Lot stayed? Doesn't it make you wonder why would you stay in an environment like that? My guess is he was so blessed where he was and was so prosperous. His home was there, and evidently that says a lot because his wife turned and looked back and lost her life because she was regretting to leave all that she had gained. Church, the Scripture says, what would it profit a man? If he would gain the whole world and lose his soul, what would it profit that man? But looking further into this, if you look into the Hebrew when it comes to definition and this is something i thought was very interesting and it says some things that really brings us to where we are our covid epidemic not just a coincidence not just a coincidence i believe it's a tool of hell but also god will allow this to work for his glory He'll allow it to work for his glory. I think tonight that we've got to realize where we really are. The COVID has shut down businesses and schools. The results, these are facts, not in numbers. Depression, despair, idleness, and suicide. Suicide. Even young school children have committed suicide during this COVID epidemic because they've not been able to be with their peers. They've lacked the social environment. This has happened a lot in California where the restrictions have been the greatest. People have lost their businesses, their jobs. They felt they had nothing left to live for. People have taken their own lives all because of this. You see, the results of all this shutdown has brought these things One of them being idleness, nothing to do. I think tonight that we see and realize why this sin was so great in the eyes of God and what it brought about. And I think now we can see the world that we're living in up to date, this current time, has progressed to the point that it has come to. And God is just waiting for that time. He's got a time. He's got a time. No man knoweth the day nor the hour. But church, we know we are very close. It tells me two things right now. Number one, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready for the moment of a twinkling eye, the trump of God shall sound. We've got to be ready for that moment. Number one. But number two, before that moment comes, God has given us, This space of time, I don't know how much we've got. Things will probably get worse, but they we already know that, the Bible says. But in the midst of these times, God will give grace to you. He'll give strength to you. He'll give mercy to you. And if you pray, and you fast, and you seek God, He will give you the strength to overcome. And by doing so, you're going to reach somebody that they also will not be lost. You see, we are in an opportunity right now on your jobs, school, uh, out and about, family, friends, wherever. We must be the witness now God has called us to be. I want to tell you something. Some of us are going to be a witness for, and some of us are going to be a witness against. Because your stand for righteousness to please God, some are going to hate you for it, and they'll turn from you. You'll be a witness against them. But because you stand for God and you show the love of God and the joy of the Lord, there will be some that are hungry God's reaching to. You're going to reach them. That's why we've got to realize not just where we are, why we've got a job to do that is so immense. The Lord give us a commission. The Lord give us a job to do, and that was to be His witness. We see what the sin is. We know what it is. We acknowledge it for what it is. But what do we do about it? What do we tell other people that are suffering this depression and loneliness and those that have been oppressed? What do we tell them? What, how do we help them? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus gives the answer. He said, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Why is the world so wrecked with sin? They've turned from him instead of turning unto him. They've rejected him instead of accepting him. Our job, church, is a great task because we live in a world that has rejected him. Many have rejected him. Our job is great because God has given us the task to try to change their thinking, to try to get them to understand that there is a loving Savior that wants them to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. He does not want any to be lost. But because of sin, because of sin, and we know what that sin is. We know what sin is. And the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah church were, yes, the homosexuality, the rape. But it was beyond that. They did not care for the poor. We read in the Scripture, and I didn't read all my Scripture, but if you'll read here where the Lord says this, in fact, it's worthy. In Matthew 25, verse 41 through 46, let's read it before we close. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was and hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in, naked, and you clothed me not, sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. You see, in Lot's day, there was a lot of poor and suffering there. They didn't care about them. There was a lot of people that didn't have proper clothing, they went hungry. They didn't care about him. Jesus is letting us know, and all this is pointing to what it was in Lot's day. Lot was one of those that showed the hospitality, but the rest didn't care. How do we care tonight about our fellow man? What do we do when we see a brother in need? I'm not asking this question to bring condemnation because each in our own hearts know where we stand before God as He knows our hearts. But let us ask the question tonight, as God looks upon our hearts, do we show compassion? Do we help give? Do we help the hurting? Do we take the time? Those are some things we need to answer for ourselves. You cannot do it, husband for the wife, wife for the husband, children for parents, and parents for children. This is something every one of us must do. Let us ask ourselves the question tonight as I'm coming to a close, what sin? What sin? Lord, as you ask that rich young ruler, what am I lacking? Show me what I'm lacking. And help me to make that lacking, get it right. Get it right. Church, tonight I tell you in love, I pray we all get it right. God, help us tonight that we get it right that the wrongs that were honest in our heart that we have, God, help us tonight, that we get them right before Jesus comes. Because He's coming for them that have made themselves ready. And it's not part ready. It's not just in places ready. It's completely ready. We've got to be completely ready. God, help us tonight. Church, help us. Oh, we need to pray. We need to fast. God, help us tonight, that we get completely ready for the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. God bless you. Would you stand with me tonight?